Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lizelle Wellbeing Show, the podcast that brings you weekly wellness wisdom you can trust. And before we jump into today's interview, I just want to share that if you are listening to this episode in real time at the end of August, you are just in time to receive the brand new September issue of the Lizelle Wellbeing magazine. Yes. Oh, I love this magazine so much. It really is essential reading for women in particular interested in all things well-being and this issue I have to say is really one of our best. Okay so it's got the definitive guide to cleansing skin and the top product recommendations from my team and me. There's an all-natural alternative to Botox. There are three relationship myths we'd be better off without and this is expert advice from our relationship columnist James Earl. No relation but you've heard him here on the podcast. He is brilliant. And there's also a completely fascinating feature on why ADHD so often goes undiagnosed in midlife women. Could that be you? Well, there's also lots of delicious seasonal recipes, including quick, healthy breakfast and brunch ideas and a chance to win a two-night stay. Get this, it's worth over £2,500 at the luxury grand resort Badragaz Spa that is in Switzerland. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen that I was there a few months ago. It is absolutely epic. So it's free to enter. Don't miss entering that competition. And if you'd like to get your hands on this whole issue, we've got lots of offers available and that's over at lizardwellbeing.com. So just head over there and you can subscribe from as little as £5.99. Well, on to today's show and this week we have dug deep into our wonderful archives to re-release one of my all-time favourite episodes and it's a chat with the brilliant medicinal chef Dale Pinnock. Now we know that new listeners are following this podcast every week very warm welcome if you are a new arrival. So if you missed Dale's interview first time around, here is another chance to hear it. He is just so knowledgeable, passionate, yet down to earth about all the things that are beneficial that food can have to do with our health. And in this episode, he focuses on all things carbohydrate. Yes, carbohydrates, much loved by so many of us for their stodgy comfort, but often argued about in the well-being space. Do we, in fact, need plenty of carbs for energy, or should we be cutting back in favour of healthy fats and muscle-building protein? 
Well, he provides the answers to these questions and so much more. So without further ado, let's hear from him. I am really noticing more and more, and I think because I'm quite active on Instagram, as I know you are too, and mm. other forms of social media, there's a lot of talk about carbs at the yes. moment. And there was that great TV documentary, The Truth About Carbs, which if anybody hasn't seen it, it's probably on BBC iPlayer still, it's worth a watch. And I think there's a lot of confusion because I, I certainly grew up thinking you've got to have your carbs mm. and your protein and your, and your little bit of fat. Yeah. And now, of course, we're saying, actually, you need lots of good fats, which is what we talked about before, and maybe not so many carbs. So what's going on? The whole landscape is changing drastically and our understanding of these things is shifting in a huge way. So where do you stand? Are you carb friendly? I'm, I'm quite, I, I do follow a low carbohydrate diet generally. Mm. I mean, I am quite carbohydrate sensitive. If I have too many, I mean, the last time I was with you, I was actually doing a high carbohydrate yeah, experiment. Yeah, you look quite different actually. And one of the things I noticed was my blood work changed. I mean, we, you know, we can kind of get into all of that and how mm. that affects things, but my blood work was really skewed. So I had high triglycerides, low HDL, high LDL. To the wrong form of yeah, blood fat. The, the going inflammatory on markers were up. There were some real significant changes. So me personally, I'm quite carbohydrate sensitive. I do very, very well on a low carbohydrate diet. Is that the same for all of us, do you think? There's always going to be variation. There's always going to be genetic variation. There's always going to be variation in terms of our, our own unique lifestyle as well. Some of us are more active than others. Mm-hmm. So obviously, with professional athletes, there may be variation. But you're very active. You're yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I don't think we need carbohydrates. We can mm. run very well on ketones as well, but you have to mm. follow a very specific kind of diet okay, to actually well, we'll move get into, into that, that ketosis state. So, yeah. is this like the kind of paleo movement, which is, as I understand it, sort of does that come from being paleo- paleolithic? How have you said um, from from early man, just living as hunter gatherer, yeah. seeds, berries, bit of meat. A lot of no, paleo no, guys no, were no like sweet potatoes and squash and things like that. So, still some of the starchy carbohydrates. They tend to avoid grains and dairy produce and things like that. It's a step further, I think. I think mm-hmm. it's probably closer to like the, the Atkins camp, and it comes from the early days of banting. I mean, I think it was like the 18th century. There was a practice called banting, which was very, very high fat consumption. Really? Well, where did uh, banting come I from? I can't remember person, the name of the guy, it but a... It, was, it was a guy. He was he, he was a funeral director. Randy, no. But he got morbidly <laughs> obese, and he'd, pick, he'd picked up a few snippets of information from somewhere. Mm. I'm sorry, I only know half the story, but I know the, I know its roots roughly, so I can't I can't tell you exact names. But he started following a very, very high fat diet, a high fat, low carbohydrate diet. Yes. And completely lost all of this excess weight. And this is where the original thing of banting came from. And it's gone through so many different guises yes. over the and years. And then, I mean, we all heard about Atkins. Yes. So that was really big in, what, sort of, I guess, late 80s of that well, It keeps start. coming back in waves, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, it under different back. guises. And it is one of those, it's, that's one diet that's been grossly abused as well. Because, I mean, you look at the, the original work of Robert Atkins, it was like lots of green vegetables, lots of non-starchy vegetables. Yes, fatty cuts of meat. Yes, you can have little bits of butter. But some people mm. took it to, to mean that that's it. You can live on bacon, butter and cream three <laughs> meals a day and that's going to sustain you. If you think that that's healthy, then you've got to be from another planet. But the the core fundamentals of the science absolutely does stack up. So let's talk a little bit about the science then. So why do we need carbs or not need carbs in the first place? Wow. Okay, well... We can run on carbohydrates, we can run on glucose, or we can run on ketone bodies. You know, we can run on either, depending on what our diet and lifestyle looks like. 
Carbohydrates will break down into the simplest form, which is glucose. Glucose is taken up by our cells and converted into something called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy currency of each individual cell. So it's a fuel source. So that's why people say you need to fuel up on carbs because yes. that's going to give you the glucose, which gives you the ATP. Yes. Well, there, I mean, there's, there's, there's slightly more to that as well. So that's, that's the basic fuel source but also when you talk about carb loading so for you know people for that are athletes. just mm. going to do a marathon or whatever we we store it in several ways as well a certain amount we use straight away so when blood sugar goes up to a to a certain degree the first thing that will happen we we secrete insulin insulin binds to insulin receptors on the cell opens neighboring doorways called glucose transporters allows glucose to enter the cell the cell converts it into atp but it, it can only take in so much in one sitting it has a cutoff point when we get to that point the next thing that will happen is that we will store it store some as glycogen so glycogen is a very complex sugary chain that could be mm-hmm. stored in muscles and in the liver then right. once so the that, gly- that, that will keep us going for a so bit that, then. those are stores that we can tap into glycogen. when we when we haven't actually got glucose or additional fuel sources from meals in circulation. so if you haven't so, eaten for a while you'll be using you'll your tap glycogen. Into glycogen and mm-hmm. one of the first things that happens when people go on very low carbohydrate diets is they lose masses of water weight glycogen actually binds four to five times its own weight in water as well so you start Gosh. to use so anybody glycogen. with fluid retention yeah that would be an issue for them as yeah, well yeah so that that's the, the next okay, thing that happens we one. store it as, as glycogen but Beyond that, and when things go beyond that, is where the dangers of high-carbohydrate diets can kick in. Right. And this is where where it can actually start to be problematic. So once our glycogen stores are replenished, once our cells are actually full in that particular sitting, if blood sugar is still high, that's a potentially life-threatening state. Right. So our body has lots of different mechanisms that it can actually employ to do something about it. The next thing that will happen once our glycogen stores are, are full is that any excess will be sent to the liver. And the liver will convert it into something called triacylglycerol, otherwise known as triglycerides. Right, which are the bad fats. Yeah, so that's well, that's basically mm. it's it's a storage medium. Okay, so once right. once the glycogen's full, we can't put any more into the it's muscles go or into the liver. Mm-hmm. So it goes to the adipose tissue. It's converted over into these fatty acids and sent to the to the adipose tissue. And then so what it creates happens? a fatty liver. Is that, um, is that that, that's, it, well, or? that's only if things get really, really bad. Okay. First thing it does is put it in your adipose tissue. It puts it in the subcutaneous fat. Right, okay? so it just puts a layer of fat all around it's us. Like, it's like putting it in the, in the bank account, basically. Okay. It's, it's putting it in there because we it's that's part of our design. We were we were designed yeah. to, to go through times of feast or famine. When we were living on the plains, when we yeah. were hunter-gatherers, mm. we had times where we could gorge ourselves. Then we would have times where food was really, really scarce. So we'd live and on our the physiology fat, adapts. Exactly. Mm. As, soon as, your, as soon as your glycogen is used up, so, you know, if you're not eaten for a while the first thing you'll do is tap into your glycogen mm. once you've used that up the next thing is the fat store so you know it's, it's how we're designed but we never get to the point of no. famine That's well i was going to say is, is so is the point then to just eat enough carbs to keep you going and to get some glycogen for later but yeah. no more that's the cut-off this, point it's almost impossible to foot to adequately determine what your needs are this this is the i mean what happens if we don't eat carbs because what people are talking about high fat low carb and and for anybody who's kind of there are some great people on twitter some really great medics who totally live and and breathe this all the time and the hashtag seems to be hclf isn't it high um, carb low fat is um, is is that right or is it low low carb LCHF. high fat? LCHF. Okay. Yeah, LCHF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah low, 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 carb, low high carb high fat. So LCHF. Yeah, that's so, close so, to my diet now. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you tap that in to social media, you will get 
an extraordinary array of views and some really senior medics as well doing a lot of work with type 2 diabetes and athlete training this is where it works wonders it really really like it's it's almost miraculous so yes we can we can run on on carbohydrates and that's like the the easiest fuel for our body to run on so what happens but if you go totally low carb then? And, then you and start to run have... ketone bodies. The, Ooh, when so you when you this? go low carb, you need to up your fat. So ketone bodies, this is where your body will start to use fatty acids mm-hmm. in place of glucose. So it will, it will actually prefer to use fatty acids as the fuel source. And is that healthier? There's there's a lot of health benefits associated with that because one of the one of the, the problems that we have in the developed world is we're overfed and undernourished. Okay, from yeah, a from so a, a macronutrient point of view, the whole thing has been skewed dramatically, and you can kind of trace back where this this shift in consumption has come from. Mm. Probably the late the late fifties things this this whole picture began to change and then certainly into the uh, into the 70s and 80s it really really gained momentum this whole message that low fat was the way to go that yeah. saturated fat would kill you in seconds and you needed to move over to a diet that was built around healthy starchy carbohydrates and that science has so been debunked oh it's been completely pulled to shreds absolutely yeah and, shreds. and the seed oils in yeah. particular oh, that's, not that's, not being that's another one that's another yeah, one. yeah that's okay. another we'll, one we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day because um, the oils are one of my areas of of uh, great interest. Yeah, but the thing is, when all that information came out, when a lot of those public health campaigns really, really moved into motion, so many people, the the the, the macronutrient composition of their daily diet changed. Mm. So they were building their whole diets around starchy carbohydrates. Mm. And let's look at this as as, a, as an example pattern. This isn't anything weird. This would be like a normal day for some people. They might have a bowl of cereal and a slice of toast for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then for lunch, they might have a sandwich and a packet of crisps. Mm-hmm. In the evening, they might have something like mashed potatoes or pasta or mm, any of those kind right, of things. So, yeah. And I'm not demonising any particular food. It's the pattern of consumption that's the mm. problem. When you're eating that many foods that are constantly pushing your blood sugar up, this is where our yeah. body's normal management of blood sugar starts to break down and this is where a lot of the problems come from and this mm-hmm. is why in this part of the world we've got so many people in that kind of metabolic syndrome triad where they've got raised cardiovascular disease risk markers yeah. poor blood sugar control and centralized obesity and they're all linked to the same thing so before we spoke about when blood sugar rises and insulin is secreted all those kind of things that's what happens when you know when things are in a normal healthy parameter mm-hmm. okay but if you're constantly pushing blood sugar up and up and up and up then you're then you're encouraging your liver to create more triglycerides so you're starting to put more weight on around the abdomen but yep. also your blood fats start to change so you're you've got more triglycerides in circulation they can oxidize and cause damage to the to the to the endothelium which is the inside of the blood vessel mm-hmm. also when triglycerides are raised hdl cholesterol which is dubbed the good cholesterol well, mm-hmm. cholesterol is only one thing but yeah we'll get onto that in a minute the, the the good cholesterol goes down in the presence of raised triglycerides hdl goes down and ldl goes up raised triglycerides are also responsible for the formation of vldl and small dense ldl particles right because this you know we'll yeah. get onto that in a yeah. minute as well as kind of some of these differentiations but that's all associated uh, ultimately with heart health with, with heart health absolutely but then also because you're constantly stimulating insulin other things start to happen one when we when we get insulin spikes we stimulate an enzyme in the liver called coa reductase hmg coa reductase that breaks down hmg coa turns it into something called mevalonate creates cholesterol right okay so we're stimulating 
a key enzyme yes. that creates cholesterol. So you're sending your cholesterol levels up and up and up. Yes. And because of that insulin pattern, the, the particle size changes. I'll talk about particle so, size in a second. So, we so, can break so it literally down. just having fewer carbs and lower sugar will lower your cholesterol. Yes, massively. Which is extraordinary. I mean, yeah. that's not a, a message. I mean, public health messages go to your GP and take statins. Yeah, but it's it's not as simple as just reducing cholesterol number. Total cholesterol no. number. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong, wrong with cholesterol. Yeah. Actually, you need cholesterol. Well, all of all of our steroidal yeah. hormones are made out of cholesterol. Yes. Trust me, you do not want testosterone and estrogen to drop. No, as as, as you a really medical woman, I, you absolutely you want <laughs> yeah. to be making making cholesterol so yes. that you keep estrogen. But also, high. it's the precursor to vitamin D. But the th- what yes. matters is when when we talk of LDL and HDL, mm. we were always told that our HDL needs to be high and our LDL needs to be low. There's some truth in that. Mm-hmm. I you can look at LDL and HDL as being like two bus routes. One takes people from the town centre out into the surrounding villages. Mm-hmm. The other one picks people up from the surrounding villages and takes them back to the town centre. But instead of the town centre, it's the liver. Instead right. of the villages, it's it's the tissues of the body. Okay, so LDL good. takes yeah. cholesterol out, out into the body. Yep. HDL gathers it up and brings it back to the liver for recycling. So they always said, if your HDL is higher, you've got less circulating cholesterol that can cause damage. It's not that simple. Mm. LDL comes in several sizes. You can have very, very high LDL, but the particle size, the size of the actual fatty globule, if it's large and buoyant, it doesn't cause any damage whatsoever. Right. It's very, very healthy. Yes. If it's very small and dense, yes. it can burrow into the vessel walls and create plaques and cause problems. Oh, my goodness. Raised triglycerides and high secretion of insulin causes us to produce the very, very small, dense LDL, which okay. causes the problems and at the same time pushes HDL down. Right. So just by, yeah, just by bringing insulin down mm. and reducing carbohydrate intake, you can increase your HDL, you can lower triglycerides, and you can create more of the large, buoyant LDL mm. particle. Now tell me about your trial, because when Excuse you were last here, um, you were trialing mm. a high-carb diet. Mm. But knowing you as I do, I can't imagine that you were eating lots of iced buns. This is the thing, what, yeah. What, what's the thing yeah, you were eating? It wasn't like, it wasn't like, a, like three <laughs> loaves of white bread a day. It was sweet potatoes, brown rice, hummus, all of those kinds of things. But, but those are the healthy lot... carbs, surely. But there's a cut-off point. But the things that happened to me, I mean, I... Because I, we're I, kind of almost taught to believe that you can eat as much of that as you like. Yeah. Because they're, they're good carbs. Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's, there's no free lunch. You can't... You can't <laughs> You can't eat too much of anything. Even with like right. the low-carb, high-fat diet, you reach a fatty acid ceiling and you can take in too many of these fatty acids. So even though up... you were eating really good quality, you know, yeah. sweet potatoes, yeah, brown put, rice... put on half a stone. Um, my HDL dropped right down. My LDL went up. Um, lots of small dense, lots of VLDL. Um, I had a slightly raised CRP as well, which What's is a that? marker of inflammation, C-reactive protein, right. which is a marker of... It, it's like a generic inflammatory marker, but mm-hmm. it just goes to show that that, that your inflammatory process is, is a little skewed for whatever reason. I certainly didn't... I mean, you can you can get raised CRP if you've got an infection, but I didn't Gosh. have any kind of infection. I wasn't so you weren't eating chocolate biscuits no. and... All the sweet stuff. No, but I do need to stress here, my carbohydrate tolerance is particularly low. Mm. So this this isn't like a, ga- a guarantee that yeah. if you eat a little bit of brown rice, you're going to start falling apart. No, That's sure. not what I'm saying. I mean, I did it to quite an extreme yeah. because I just wanted to demonstrate mm-hmm. to myself and to some other... I mean, it's, it started off as a bet. It started off as... Because, really? you know, some of us nerds, we talk about like this kind of stuff and it's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do a trial on myself. Right. I'll show you the blood work. Yeah, it was exactly. one of those kind of situations. Yeah. So I, 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 How I long did it take to, to change your... 
your your bloods what to come back well uh, or, or just to, to to get that increase well and, and both, oh, actually, oh, both, both both ways so um the negatives about five weeks mm. um the positives about three to four weeks getting back to normal ranges right. and, so uh, you, yeah, could, you took you took it off really quickly yeah so describe to me now how you live and how you eat. At the minute, I'm playing around with intermittent fasting. So mm, um, This is interesting. I'm beginning to I, do I a used, bit of this I used too. to think it was heresy. <laughs> I used to think it's absolute heresy. But now I've started doing the, uh, the easiest way to move into intermittent fasting rather than doing two days a week on like hardly any calories i find that really I hard would, i would be the, the whole five two thing yeah, yeah is it doesn't work for me socially it doesn't work with my kids yeah it, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's difficult to do so what i do is skip breakfast mm. so just have um, a couple of coffees in the morning then then go and do a workout like a fasted workout yes. and then have my first meal at 12 and then those meals would be um low carbohydrate Fairly high protein because of the kind of um, training that I'm doing at the minute, and then quite high fat as well. Mm. I mean, last night, last night was um, you know spiced pork belly with roasted Brussels sprouts with like Yum. a little bit of butter and olive oil and things like that. Uh, lunch was yeah, just you know it could be. And like what a, time do you eat in the evening? Uh, is, I always, is there a cut-off point that you won't? I wouldn't. Eat eat, I wouldn't eat past about seven o'clock. Really? Unless I'm going out. I mean, if it's, if okay, it's like a sure. meal or a social situation, yeah. then you know, I'm not you, one of those people. But do, so general, do you have, what, 12 hours before you eat again or, or longer? It's about 18. Really? That yeah, long? Yeah. You see, this is, it's so interesting, isn't it? For so long, we've been conditioned to always have breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast, most important meal of the day. You have breakfast like a king and lunch like a queen and supper yeah. like a pauper. You know, that was just drilled into me. And I always think about sending my kids off to school mm. with a good breakfast. Mm. But like you, I have started to skip breakfast yeah and you kind of almost have to set very quiet i know it's, it's, because it's there's going to be a sort of <gasps> backlash it's that's such it. an intake Shot of breath down, yeah. but it is very interesting that the first yes. few days quite tough yeah you kind of feel like oh what's going on but how flying but i don't even miss it now i have no. a cup of tea and i do actually have some kefir often just which is just like yeah. a drink so i don't know whether that counts really. oh it might which, do it might actually it might. skew your results so that's okay. i literally I might only try and have push that later then the a black kefir. coffee and only one at the most two mm. um because I do like there's my virtually no calories in the morning in because what you're doing in that fasted window is glycogen stores are dropping once they drop you're actually sw switching on the fat burning mm. So you're actually really priming your body to use to, yeah. to use fat as its preferred fuel source. Then if you bring in a low carbohydrate, almost ketogenic diet on top of that, yes. then you really, really start to ramp that up. So the effects on um, cardiovascular disease risk, fat, risk yeah. markers is incredible but certainly on even on um body fat percentage yeah. and, and you know if, if you're getting into an exercise program as well there's also a lot of evidence to show that in that fasted state growth hormone spikes as well so muscle development is increased. that's interesting yeah. and we know that growth hormone is linked to our skin looking younger yep. reju rejuvenation of cells yep. so just that one fact of getting up in the morning maybe having black coffee or black cup yeah. of tea and you are motivating yourself by thinking these next few hours i am burning that fat yep that fat is just going uh, yeah the thing is after after like sort of two or three days when you're actually when you actually allowed yourself to get into that state mm. you don't feel hungry anymore and no, you are using those fat stores and you're and you're it, it's like your metabolism has been given a real reboot 
and that's, that's literally all you're doing. So what are the downsides? You know, what about people who'll say, well, I'm not going to have the energy. My brain isn't going to be switched on. Surely studies mm-hmm. show that children perform better in the morning at school when they've had something in With children, it's slightly different because you, you're dealing with a growing body. And okay, you, and so talk us through what, in, what you would do in, for, for school-aged children. For school-aged children, I probably would give them a breakfast, would you? to be honest. But it it's wouldn't a, be a carb breakfast. It wouldn't be a carb breakfast, but I would have, I would have a little bit of... Um, very very low glycemic carbohydrate in so there. what would you so, give them what would you um, think would be a good boiled egg with multi-grade soldiers maybe okay um but probably a couple of eggs and just like one or half a slice of, slice yeah. of toast um so you've got the protein you've got a lot of good fats like and choline and all those kind of important mm. things I think for neurological fabulous, development I have to say. yeah if you can get them eating fish i mean uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's like a sort of japanese breakfast isn't it oh absolutely kind of yeah like, yeah completely i mean I, I lived in japan and uh, the the traditional breakfast was lovely like you'd have an egg you'd have a piece of fish a little bit of brown rice miso soup it was awesome wow <laughs> it's lovely this is all very bad news for the food industry isn't it it doesn't have to be well but no but think about the breakfast you know you go down the supermarket oh, there's an entire aisle on breakfast cereals well, and we've got this culture of all oh, in you know, a nice bowl of you know, whatever it is, even if it's like a healthy muesli or, or yeah. a kind of all branny type thing. That's... I'm not going to feel sorry for them because most of well, those, I'm not most cry, of those things are an abomination anyway. You know, it's, <laughs> yes. and I have a massive issue. And I know people like Jamie have talked about this over and over, mm. but the rubbish, yeah. let's choose my words carefully there, the yeah, rubbish that the rubbish. they mm. market to children, yeah. it's... It's unethical at best, mm. and it's it's mm. it's it's evil at yeah. worst, because you know they 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 understand things like the, the nag factor. They understand Tell me things. About that, I have an yeah. eight-year-old. It's yeah, yeah it's a daily. But they know how to manipulate life. that, and, yeah. and it's and it's sickening. And if you think that it's healthy, something I read is, and I think this is taking the whole kind of sugar because I, I do now always read the labels. So and they are quite hard to read. I think the food industry deliberately hmm. obscure it to make it tough. But you've got the nutrition panel at the back and it says carbohydrates, mm-hmm. you know, per hundred gram of which sugars. Mm-hmm. So that's the bit that I'm looking at. And I know that um, around four and a half grams is about a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. And I know that my little boy should be having around seven teaspoons a day. So, you know, and he's very good now. He'll look at it. It's come, become a game. I say, oh, how many yeah. have you had today? How many teaspoons? How many grams? Awesome. Um, but it's more than that, isn't it? Because if you look at, for example, cornflakes, the sugar content on the pack is a lot lower than something like Cocoa Pops. And yet I've also read that the glycemic load of cornflakes is higher than Cocoa Pops. I mean, so how how can that be? The body's doing something inside. Well, like, is it because corn is a very high it's GI it's, it's, food? It's, it's, a, it's a very a very easy carbohydrate source to to, to access. Fiber is one of the key things. Right. Okay. Um, the 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 amount of glucose that's in the, that that carbohydrate can deliver in what kind of space of time? Mm. So let's compare cornflakes with oats. Right. Okay. So cornflakes they'll take take very little digestive effort at all. The, the the glucose that's present in there is instantly not, released. It's then almost instantly released. Right. So it, you may as well drink glucose syrup. It's car it's carpet bombing your blood sugar rather okay. than drip feeding it. Okay. Whereas with oats, they've got much much higher fiber content. Yeah, and that fiber binds a lot of the, that's the glucose. That's slowing everything down. Then the body has to work harder to liberate the sugar from that from that dish. And in doing so, you've got more of a drip feeding effect on blood sugar rather than it being carpet bombed. Mm. You can take that a step further. So say you could, like with your, with your porridge, you could put a dollop of nut butter on there and a few seeds. Would that slow it down further? Slow it down further because you've got protein and good fats. This is where you can start to play with it. If you don't want to give up carbs completely, sure. this, is where, this, is, this is where you can actually um, get away with, with eating more of them. So could you and... stir coconut oil into oats? 
Would you do that, or, yeah, or would you? Yeah, or you, you could just do. Cream you could do. I, or... I would probably be more towards protein, right? Than, okay. than fats, for the simple reason that, that so really, nuts and seeds. Yeah, really. we, there's a lot of evidence to show that protein increases satiety, so it so keep keeps feeling, us fuller, keeps mm-hmm. feeling fuller for longer, mm-hmm. but also really drastically slows down gastric emptying because it takes mm. much longer for the meal to actually be digested. So it has that drip feeding effect on your blood sugar. And that drip feeding effect means that you don't get the insulin spikes. It means when the insulin is secreted mm-hmm. and it binds to the cells and the glucose glucose transporters open, mm-hmm. that that small, that small drip feeding of, of sugar can be turned straight into ATP. Your body can utilise it. You don't get this excess that's left behind that has to be dealt with and turned into triglycerides and all those kind of things. Blood sugar management is one of the key fundamentals in a lot of the degenerative diseases that we have yes. in the modern world now. It's yeah. something so simple in practice, but in terms of it, the knock-on effects, like the metabolic knock-on effects and the amount of systems that it can influence both positively and negatively really can't be ignored. And it's something that it's a skill that we need to master. Hello, Liz here. This is your notice to pop the kettle on and make a quick cup of tea or something else refreshing. We are pausing for an ad break, but we'll be back shortly for more nutritional know-how from Dale. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Lizelle Wellbeing Show. Let's hear more from Dale. So talking about heart disease, obviously type 2 diabetes, oh, yeah, which completely. is such an incredible worry, um, and brain health, mental health, looking at degenerative diseases. Yeah, well, this is an interesting one. Um, there's some evidence to, to show that you can get 
sort of glycation responses in in certain certain areas of the brain but that aside if you've got these blood sugar peaks and troughs if you're on that blood sugar roller coaster mm. you are going to feel like death warmed up anyway yeah. you're not going to feel switched on and, no. and happy and full of the joys Mentally of spring yeah. when the blood sugar drops you're going to feel yeah. brain fog you're going to feel lethargic you're going to feel fatigued if you're then faced with stressors and let's face it it's, it's a jungle out there isn't it <laughs> Tell me. like when yeah. you're faced with that kind of stuff your capacity to deal with it is completely different than if you're you know, if if you've got that clarity, if you've if sure. your your energy levels when, are nice and stable. When you do come through it, I think when you go through coming off, and I have weaned myself off refined sugar, and I now have a little bit of very dark chocolate, for example, you know, because I do have a sweet tooth. Or I did yeah. actually, but it's surprising yeah. now how how quickly you can wean yourself off yes. it. I can't actually have what I call junk chocolate now because hmm. it just it's so sweet it makes my it's, teeth. It's hurt. grim, isn't it? It's it just and you just think this is doing absolutely nothing for me. I'd yeah. seriously rather have nothing yeah. than, than than have it. But how how do people get over this addiction? I've, I've also had podcasters here who've said that, you know, sugar is one of the most addictive substances. And I've had a girl here who was, you know, a former um, drug abuser and was addicted to, mm. you know, virtually every hardcore class A drug you can you can talk about. And mm. she said actually giving up the sugar was the hardest thing because we get this gratification, don't we, from this hit that sugar gives us. It's, it's a very complex pattern. And it, it is one that's actually been quite, um, quite aggressively debated as well, is particularly the, the, whether it is truly addictive in the same way as like heroin or alcohol. Yeah. But certainly the 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 relationship that us as human beings have with it is a very very powerful one, and it's a very very difficult tie to break for several reasons. If we're living on that blood sugar roller coaster, and blood sugar drops, ingrained in our physiology is this instinct to seek out the most convenient energy source that we can because we need a certain amount of of calories just for life support, just right. for the brain, for the heart, for the lungs, for the nervous system. So if blood sugar gets too low and we don't have sufficient glycogen, then this natural instinct kicks in for us to seek out the most convenient energy source. Now, when you know when we were hunter-gatherers, it would be berries and, and, and starchy roots that we would chew on and those kinds of things. But we don't really have that now. We've learned that chocolate bars and yeah, sugary just, drinks yeah, give us that hit. Yeah, in the afternoon. Hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, our, and, our, and our brains are wired yeah. to make us crave that. So blood sugar management can take can take that aggressive response away. So that's, that's the first thing. But think about the emotional relationships and the emotional attachments that we have with a lot of these sugar-laden foods. Think about it. It starts in childhood. It does. You it's, know, a when, when, it's a reward. It's a treat. If you're it's good, you can have some sweets. Yes, exactly. Or if you're feeling down. Yeah. Then you or, turn to it as a, as a yeah. source of comfort. Mm -hmm. We build a really, really strong. Even when you're sick, you it. take someone a box of yes. chocolates or a yes. celebration. Yes. And listen, I'm not. I'm not going to be sitting here like some kind of curmudgeon or killjoy, saying that we shouldn't. We shouldn't enjoy those things. Absolutely, we should. But it's just. We've got to recognise it for what it is. You have to recognise it for what it is, and 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 break those relationships. So there's a lot driving though, those cravings. It, it is a very, very difficult thing to give up because it's, it's, it's a bond that exists on lots of levels. Yes, we've got that, that baseline physiological drive to seek out those kinds of things, but also there's, there's the emotional attachment as well. Yeah. So aside from, I mean, you know, I, I, I've met several heroin addicts in the past. Not many of them think fondly of their addiction. They don't think, oh, heroin, it's so lovely. It's, you yeah, know, they're, it's they're so in this situation and they are fighting it day after day yeah. and they just can't get off of it because yeah. of the physiological addiction. Yeah. But with sugar, that's not necessarily there. No, but we've sure. got all these other kind of, 
relationships with it instead. So mm. it's it's so many layers that we need to work on. Mm. And be... so widely available. <laughs> and it's it in is, your it face is. everywhere. Yeah. What, I, what I'm loving actually now is these petrol stations where you pay at the pump. Yes. Because you simply don't go there. You mm. you know, your kids are not in there going, oh, yeah. I'll just have that for the journey. I've got another hour and a half to drive. I'll just have the can of drink and the chocolate bar to well, keep me going. Eventually, things say, I mean, I guess you're the same as me. I've, I've, been, I've been eating like this for 25 years. That stuff just doesn't even register as no. food on the radar. Sure, I mean, for me, it's just absolutely, noise. It's just, yeah, yeah, it, it just doesn't, don't even see background it. Background noise. Yeah, yeah, you go to the shop and you kind of go around the outside. Yeah. You go around the veg aisle and the, you know, the produce <laughs> at the back so and that's it and out the door. <laughs> Um, and it does come, but you know you have to do a lot of work. You have, you have to yes. put, you have to put the work in, and and other people, I think, just we just need to spread the word, really, because so many people, you know, come to the house and they'll they'll bring something, they'll bring something for the kids, and it's an easy thing, yeah. to, or they'll take them out. All the children's birthday parties are just kind of one yeah. of the worst sugar loaded zones. And yeah. I think also because my kids haven't grown up with very much sugar, when they are exposed to it, they do go a bit mental. <laughs> they, I mean, so running around in circles. Literally, and like, they are, you know, like loopy on, juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's especially when you throw in a whole load of coal tar dye colourings, a bit of sunset oh, yellow crikey. and tartrazine, and that just. Well, there were certain off. certain drinks that got banned because they're giving yes. children seizures because these things are so strong and, and mess with. Uh, and actually, coming on to drinks, it, that is a when you look at the amount of sugar that's in a, a mm. tin can, you know, one can of Coke, and you your child has exceeded their entire day's sugar oh, quota. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just it's insane. that one. Yeah, yeah I mean, if it was bonkers. me, I would ban them. That's one of the number one sources of, of empty calories in, in our diet. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's the that one positive that you could do straight away is just stop just drinking to, water, the, black the coffee, drinks. green tea. Okay. You know, if you really want some kind of treat, even an, at least a nice glass of red wine has got some benefits yeah, totally. in it. Um, but the the the, the sugary sodas the energy drinks especially yes okay so okay so uh, we won't name names but you know the well-known uh names that we do know are promoted and they're sold in vending machines in gyms and hospitals to aid recovery and all you know (laughs) talk us through how does that work it's well i mean like you've you've got this especially with the the full-on energy drinks i mean some that are sold as like the isotonic ones which right. might be the ones that you're hinting at but then the mm. others that are the uh, the energy boost ones that mm-hmm. apparently make you fly um <laughs> they have this crazy cocktail of um, amino acids like taurine which have a very strong stimulant effect and they have caffeine and they have sugar and one of the alarming things, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to be sensationalist here and, and you know, mm. I don't want to be quoted on saying no, no, this no, will happen. No. But there have been recorded deaths when young people yes, have been no, drinking have high amounts of, um, yeah. of these energy drinks, especially like the, the really big cans of them, because they're, yeah. they're, they're literally uh, giving themselves cardiac arrhythmia because of the le- level of stimulation. So the nervous system is being like, grossly stimulated alongside the amount of sugar that's in there. Yeah. You know, the sugar hit taken out of the equation. But you think, I mean... I remember some of the clients that I've worked with in the past, you know, drunk several litres of fizzy drinks a day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're getting in, they're getting in close on 3,000 calories just from what they're drinking. Just from that. And then, you know, you look and at the And they're not cheap top. either. No. That's the thing, you know, and, and for the kids. So if, you know, I've got a teenage boy who's massively into his sport and, you know, he will always be pestering me. He's also got a very sweet tooth. Unfortunately, yeah. he went to a school when he was younger where sugar was served, you know, 
at every opportunity and mm. packets of Haribo given as rewards for class prizes. And I mean, the whole culture was just so completely wrong. And unfortunately, I am now trying to wean him off the sugar. And, and one of the ways that he gets round is by saying, oh, but mum, you know, I need my energy for my sport. I'm not going to be able to compete. So what should I be feeding him with sort of pre-match? This this is where a, a good low glycemic carbohydrate would be a better choice, mm-hmm. but really make the meal protein centric. So with with the carbohydrates, literally like when he makes a fist, that little area there, that's his portion size. That's the portion the, the of front carb. of the front so, of the fist. So there. so so, what, so when you're be... a small child, your fist is much smaller, yeah, 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 and that's yeah, yeah. still your portion size. Yeah, Because yeah. we so, often give kids almost the same size, maybe a tiny bit less, but pretty yeah. much the same as. The problem ours. is, what you should really fill the plate up with is the non-starchy vegetables. But how many kids can you get to eat greens and cruciferous vegetables and and those kinds of things? Well, actually, Not my, my little one, he he eats red peppers like apples. Awesome. So he, yeah. and, and whole cucumbers. He has been known to eat an entire cucumber. I go to the fridge for myself. It's like, where is my cucumber? And it's, <laughs> it's just the two little well, stumps cool. from the end That's on a the good side. problem to have, though. That's a good problem to have. But if you look at the plate, the ideal scenario should be half of the plate filled with non-starchy vegetables. Mm-hmm. A whole variety of non-starchy vegetables. Then the other half cut into two again. Right. One, one of those halves you've got that portion size of a very low glycemic carbohydrate so a choice like, a, a, like, like a brown rice, brown rice mm-hmm. or something like that the other a portion of protein protein yeah yeah and, then and good fats the good fats so what, you, you're covering that fats, with olive good, oil good and... fats for children absolutely vital right yeah for brain, brain health, brain yeah, development. Yeah, omega-3 fatty acid. Do, don't ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever skimp on the omega-3 fatty acids. How are you going to get them into kids? Whether you, whether you use a supplement, whatever, yeah. get them in there. You can, you can make yeah. fish fingers out of um, salmon. Yes. Just cut them into the fingers, roll, roll them in um, oatmeal. Yeah. Egg, Very simple. Oatmeal again in the oven, done. Yeah. Uh, that's one way of doing it. You can get a liquid omega-3 supplement mm. with, a, with a slight fl- fruit flavour that you can mm-hmm. stir into yogurts that you could... Oh, just my mind eat yeah. it from the, the spoon, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they're happy to do that, then then, then great. But these things are so vital for, yeah. for development. Literally, and flax seeds, so if we've got any veggies Right, flax seeds. Now, the thing is... Or is, the, that, is that a whole other subject? Right, Sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> supposed to be finishing up, with, but give us a quick view on flax seeds. <laughs> Getting me to stop talking is something you're going to struggle with. Right, so um, the... The omega-3 fatty acids that actually benefit human health are EPA and DHA. EPA has a, a, a regulatory activity on inflammation, for example, and DHA is a structural fatty acid, so it's part of the, rod, the rods and cones in the eyes, and it's a key part of the myelin sheath, which is the specialised fatty layer of nerve cells, of brain cells. Right. And this is why they're so essential for children, because yes. DHA is vital for brain development. Okay. But in omega-3 isn't just one substance you've got a whole family of fatty acids you've got the epa and dha i just mentioned you've also got ala dpa mm. in plants like the flaxseed the omega-3 only exists in the form of ala right. ala has to go through immense enzymatic conversion it has to have more double bonds added to it the molecule needs to be elongated it needs to be turned into the very very long chain fatty acids epa and dha human beings do about a Three to four percent conversion of ALA into EPA, and about a 0.4 percent conversion of ALA into DHA. So you could be eating flax all day long; you'll never get anywhere near enough. Mm. You could be taking flax oil in abundance; you'll never yeah. get anywhere near the amount of omega-3 fatty acids active, biologically active mm. omega-3 fatty acids that, that you need. So vegetarians. Just take a supplement. It's so easy to fix. But fish, well, they no, take fish No, you don't oil. have to take from fish. You can get EPA and DHA derived from algae. 
Algae derived DHA has been around for right. years, but they've just got a new new supplements on the market now that have EPA and DHA in. Take that supplement. They're preformed. The work's already done for you. You can take the guesswork so away. So really important if you're going on. to bring up yes. your children that yes. way. Yeah. Really you important. To absolutely. Okay. Have to. Okay. There's 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 okay. no there's no two ways around it because that DHA That's a great is health so message. important. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. my thanks once again to Dale Pinnock and I do hope that you found the advice shared really helpful well as always you will find more information with links and resources over on lizardwellbeing.com and there you can also sign up for the free weekly newsletter yep completely free filled with healthy recipes and plenty of tips for living well as well as fantastic discount codes and offers. And don't forget that if you'd like to receive a printed copy of the Lizar Wellbeing magazine, this is the one that comes out bi-monthly, so you get six copies a year, then you can head over to lizarwellbeing.com where you can subscribe from as little as £5.99. What a bargain, I say. Well, I'll be back next Friday with a fascinating episode all about sleep. So stay tuned if you can stay awake. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is a fresh air production. With grateful thanks to my producers, Ellie Smith and Sarah Moore. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.